Hello and welcome to the channel V6 podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Johnson. Today we're going to be talk, talking about one of the biggest global issues, the coronavirus. We've got some awesome guests in house, but before we get to that, I do want to talk about Jiffy's, one of our sponsors. Jiffy is your local one-stop shop. They provide a variety of services, including, but not limited to, collateral loans, check cashing on payroll and tax checks, vacuum repair, and a guitar restringing and repair. They do carry many authorized lines, such as Pendleton and Willow Tree. Go see them for uh, all your gun, ammo, jewelry, home decor, music, video game, power tools, and hunting needs. Until March 31st, Jiffy's is running a sale on pistols. All new and used 1911 uh, pistols are 30% off, and all used uh, 40 caliber pistols are 30% off. They have a selection of discounted AR-15s. You can't find that gun you've been looking for, let them help. They have access to many distributors, and um, they can get kind of what you're looking for. Don't miss this opportunity for the amazing savings and deals, Jiffy's, where they buy, sell, trade, and loan. So let's introduce our guest today. We've got uh, Jeremy Raymond. He is our very local fire marshal and emergency management director. And we've got Cindy Mattinson, who is our epi. I was told this, I could call her that because I can't say the word, uh, coordinator with Tri-County Health Department. What is your what is your title? Um, yeah, just what you said, epi coordinator. So I deal with uh, infectious diseases diseases in the Tri-County area. Talking about coronavirus, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of different things that it's being called. And yes. a hot topic. Yes, very hot topic. So let's, I, I'm ready just to kind of jump on into this. There's a lot of things we want to discuss and, and talk about on this on this podcast. And I think there's a lot of important issues. And I think let's start with what do we know factually? What is coronavirus? The, you know, how do, what do we know about it? What are the symptoms? How do we avoid it? The, those kind of questions. And I'm probably going to turn this over to you because you are the pro. Well, that's a really loaded question, actually. (laughs) So um, what do we know about coronavirus? So we know coronavirus is a new, a a novel, which means new uh, virus. Um, It originated from what we understand in Wuhan, China, and was uh, the first people known to be infected with it um, were diagnosed in December of 2019. Um, it causes fever, shortness of breath, and a dry cough, and um, it's very, it's quite infectious. Um, and to date, um, we have had over two hundred thousand cases worldwide. And uh, actually, um, this week we surpassed more cases outside of China um, than were originally um, in China. So this literally is a global pandemic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what are the most common, common I guess, ways that it's spread? Um, so it is spread um, through respiratory droplet. So when people cough or sneeze, um, then it's spread through the air that way. Um, so that's the most, most common way that it's spread that we know. And so when people are most infectious, um, they're the most contagious. So you've probably heard a lot about it in the news where uh, people test positive um, but they don't have any symptoms or they're said to be asymptomatic. And we, um, as far as transmission from those people, we there's not a lot of knowledge as to how much they, they spread the virus. But we know from other viruses and how viruses behave that people are most symptomatic with viruses 
are most contagious when they're most symptomatic. So is this, I've heard, you know, there's so many things you've heard just across either media itself or social media. There's just a lot of information out there. Not all of it true. Um, is this just like an elderly killer? Is this, you know what I mean? Like they say it's an old person's disease. The, the old people need to be watching out for this or the elderly, but this, it's not necessarily the case. Well, so it's kind of been, um, interesting as we, uh, you know, what we've learned about it, cause it, we are learning a lot about it. Um, and so, uh, we've taken a lot of things that we have learned about, uh, it, similar coronaviruses, um, MERS and SARS and applied somewhat to this one. But this one has a few of its own characteristics. We know that it doesn't affect children as severely as it does um, adults. And so that's kind of interesting. So how long is someone infected or infectious? That's a really good question. So it, it depends on the, on, on the severity of the disease in that individual. It can be, be anywhere from a mild illness to a severe illness. That's so great. I... Brandon, I had a guy in, in town say, well, hey, I've been giving my horse or my cow this shot every year, this coronavirus shot every year. So, you know, you'd, you'd think that we would have known something by now if, if we're doing, if we're giving the shot to the animals and, and, and the vaccine or something available. But that's, that's the problem is, is it's so new. There's so many things that we don't know about it. Um, what we do know is, is that when it came from China, it came from an animal. They're thinking maybe bats. Uh, there was a bunch of poultry or fish or, or where that's where it kind of transferred. And then it just grew uh, and went to the in individuals and persons there and then spread person to person there. So we do know a little bit about it, but there's still a lot of unknowns um, out there. You know, when you hear the coronavirus, it's like, well, why, why would they name it that? You know, and then it goes to COVID-19 and... I read this somewhere. It says uh, COVID-19. So the CO is like the corona part. The VI is the virus. And I think the D was, uh, I can't remember what the D was. And then 19 was actually the year. So 19 is when it started. And so it kind of goes by a few different names, but it's all the same thing. And what I like to tell people is the best way to protect yourself is to study it and to learn about it. Go to those websites, learn how, learn what it is. How can you protect you and your family? And in my mind, that's the best way is to educate yourself so yeah. that you're aware of it. That's really a really good idea. And and to add to what Jeremy had to say, um, make sure that the places that you're learning about it are reputable because there's a lot of people out there that have something to say about it and they may not know what they're talking about. So. There's so much <laughs> misinformation out there, I think. Yeah. So that's that was the reason we invited you and let's just get some facts out there and let's get, set yeah. the record straight on this. So um, if someone has symptoms, um, how should they go about getting diagnosed, diagnosed locally? And, uh, you know, there's drive-through testing yet. Do we have that? Okay. So this, this one is, uh, that's a really good question. Um, so, um, so say you feel like you have symptoms of it. The first thing to do is to call your provider. We want you to call ahead because, um, of the fact that if you just show up um, and you're going into um, a waiting room, um, you have a chance of infecting other people around you. Um, testing right now, um, unfortunately, there is a nationwide shortage of testing ability because of the demand. And we're hoping to see that change um, in the near future. So um, what we've done is, or what the CDC, what the 
on the national level, it's kind of trickled down to the state and to us is that there's a priority uh, uh, list um, of a, that a person needs to meet in order to be tested. Um, and so if you meet that definition, then um, they will, and they've ruled out other illnesses that could, that actually are similar in symptom uh, relation, then they will test you for that. Do we know how many tests have been administered in Utah? So um, as of, I don't know, as of today, but as of, um, I believe it was Monday um, or yesterday morning there, we'd done a little over 800 tests in the state of Utah. Um, and only about 5% of those tests had tested positive. So that's a lot of sick people, um, that felt like they, you know, that, you know, met some criteria, the criteria to be tested, um, that weren't positive. So that's something to take into consideration that, um, there's a lot of illness that mimics it. And allergy season yeah. right now, too. Yeah, that's the scary thing is, is you've got the flu season, you've got allergies coming on now, and a lot of the symptoms of, of COVID-19 or the coronavirus are the, are similar. And I think the, what the main difference is, is if you do, if you're not sure, just stay home, stay away from the public. If it gets to the point where you start having difficulty breathing or you know, chest pain or something of that nature that, hey, something's just not right. Make sure you call your health pro- healthcare provider. And what they may do is they may bring you down. Uh, I've seen some of them where they test them right in the vehicle or they'll have you go to a separate area, um, but give them the heads up because that's really key. And then uh, I don't know, do we know how many tests they've done here in, in the in the basin? Area? Um, I don't have a complete total to that, but I know that we, in the past week, we have done, it has increased yeah. The number of tests, and, and we do have some out there that obviously are pending. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like Jeremy said, the, the key takeaway is there's not a treatment for this. Um, and so the big thing is once somebody's diagnosed or if they're not able to be diagnosed, the then you're going to be sent home to be uh, what we call quarantined or isolated. Um, and so because um, we want to stop the spread. And not only this particular illness, but all illnesses, and that's the way that we do it. Yeah, make sure you have, you know, there's no treatment, there's no vaccine right now. They're working on a vaccine. Um, But we tell people, okay, if you have the flu, then take your Tylenol, um, take your medications that you would to help lower that fever down. Uh, You know, those that are more susceptible, asthma, uh, heart-related problems, diabetes, uh, hypertension, those those underlying health problems, if you have those, you want to be very careful and isolate yourself from the public. So so that social, you know, distancing yes. that we've, we've yep. heard, we've, we've heard it all over. Yep. I mean, how quick it went from suggested from 100 to 50 yeah. to 10. And that, that social distancing means stay away from those crowded and those public areas. Just stay away. If there's a few of you, you know, a handful, that's fine. Uh, they've come out now, the, the president or the CDC says less than 10, you know, those less than 10 in a group is okay. But if you're over 60, they say just stay away from it all. Just, and especially if you have any underlying health problems like that mentioned. So. And this is such a unique situation. I mean, you've now got parents that were once working that now they have their kids home from school. 
the kids are bored. I mean, the parents are kind of like, I don't know what to do with them. So they're taking them to like the parks and trying to get all this. And so you drive by the park and you see hundred mm -hmm. people there. How, yeah. how safe or not safe is that during this time? How crucial is that? Well, you know, <laughs> granted they're outside and they're not in an enclosed area, but you're still, you know, touching playground equipment that another child has and things like that. Um, it's going to take some creative thinking for parents to um, find things to be busy with their kids at home. Take advantage of it. Not It's not very often as a parent that you get to have this kind of one-on-one -on -one with your kids. Um, and, you know, the kids are always wanting to play with their friends and wanting to be be busy and doing, but you know, it's, it's, it's a good time to spend time with them and, and distance them from their friends a little bit. Um, because kids share, share germs. Yeah. Well, six feet. I mean, that's from me to you, that's, it's probably only five, you know, yeah, so probably. six feet is actually quite a bit of distance that <clears throat> that's what they say that that virus can spread within that six feet. So that distance is very critical. Um, sneezing, coughing, you know, in your elbow, um, don't spread it because respiratory, that's how it's really finding its way. It can last on the surface for a few days. You know, make sure that you're disinfecting your home uh, with those cleaning supplies and um, the doorknobs, the lights, the, you know, the bathroom area, uh, especially if you've been tested positive. Um, isolate that individual in a certain area and then make sure that they're cleaned and deconned wherever they go throughout the house so that it's not spread that way as well. Yeah. It, can we talk about going back just a little bit? You had said that it came in 2019. The first confirmed case was in China. Right. Can we talk about that was what ground zero, we call that what ground zero and talk about how it's mm -hmm. come to Utah it's come to Utah. Like, That's can we walk through that kind of quickly? I mean, is well, there a way to do that? Well, this kind of scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the biggest way is is airlines. Travel. Your, yeah. your travel. That's that's most cases um, when we started having them pop up in Utah, the majority of the cases were travel, travel related. related. Cruises. And the, yeah. And a lot of those were people from coming out of the area and coming into, yeah. coming into the counties. And so uh, by limiting that travel and jumping on that quick with the government and shutting that down... Uh, if we would have done that earlier, that would have definitely helped. But I think that was the biggest way that it spread. Uh, I don't think that those countries realized, and even the U.S. realized how bad this was going to get and how quickly this was going to spread in the mortality rate. Again, it's it's so new that we just don't know a lot of information. So I think our state has been very proactive in saying we're, we're dismissing the school, we're limiting groups, we're closing uh, dine-in restaurants. Uh, these are all items that we need to keep up on and we need to follow. And especially as parents, we need to take that responsibility. We don't want our children. We don't want anybody in our household to get this virus. So we need to follow what the state and the CDC has recommended. And the Dry County Health Department, you know, and, and the, our local agencies also trying to say, hey, try not to go out of the basin if you don't have to. Right. Let's Non-essential travel, even like within our agency. Um, so we're, we're a prime example of that. We do, we have a lot of media meetings that we do. We have a lot of communication throughout the state and even on a national level. And, and we, even within our own, uh, and within our own organization. And so, you know, we've, we've canceled, uh, out of district meetings, 
um, that we were supposed to go to um, within our own organization. We actually are having our um, quarterly meeting um, over video instead of the whole, you know, health department getting together in, in one room, which we typically do. So, I mean, we're practicing our own social distancing to help, um, to help with this because, you know, it, it seems like a simple thing and a hard thing all at the same time. But as we distance ourselves, we're limiting the exposure to one another. And so, um, you're limiting the chance of spreading a virus. Is it is it true that theoretically we're two weeks behind this? Is that like an accurate statement, or is that that's really hard? Again, we just don't we don't know a whole lot. Um, two weeks could be a month, could be a couple of months. Uh, they're saying that this could last until the middle of summer. Yeah, and so we just we really don't know. And I think that the best thing to do now is be proactive, get ahead of it the best we can. They talk about that curve where you, you see the number of positives start to spike and, and they want to flatten that curve out. So they want it, they want it to go down. And so again, which is where social distancing yeah. is right. so important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so restaurants. And I have this funny saying. So one of the doctors I used to work with, whenever we'd ask a question that he just couldn't answer, he'd say, my crystal ball is broken, you know, <laughs> because we'd all like to, you know, we'd all like to say, yes, this is what exactly is going to happen from the social distancing. We know, um, in times past what social distancing has done and, and, and uh, how it's helped. And so we're really optimistic that this will be helpful. But it's only as good as the people that implement it. So if we're not following through with it, it's not going to work. We can, yeah. and, you know, we can say, um, you know, groups of 10. But if we're not following it, it won't do any, any good for us. So, so China, I mean, this happened back in, you know, mid-November, December. And it's it's they're still getting positive cases, but it is slowing down. And now it's middle of what March. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, here it's been three or four months, and so again, that it where we're just kind of peaking and and getting those cases now. It could be it could be two or three months, but like Cindy said, make sure you're you're following those guidelines, following those precautions, and doing your part to help. I think that. like myself. I find myself not wanting to be in the panic. It seems like there's almost two distinct factions here. Like there's the super panicked mm -hmm. and then there's the people that are just kind of shrugging it off. Like it's just another flu. It's no big deal. <laughs> and I don't want to really fall into either. But there's just so much information out there. So one of the big things or misconceptions, I don't know if it is or isn't, I want to address and I don't know if you're able to, has the coronavirus COVID-19 been in the basin like back in November and December? There absolutely has not been in the basin before. It didn't, there was no, there was no proof of it ever existing before Wuhan, China. So um, I think that's just a lot of speculation. A lot of people wanting to explain, you know, why we haven't seen it here yet, wanting to explain why they were sick. Um, there's a lot of viruses that have some similar side effects because that's just the nature Not of, of, of viruses. But um, the, the whole idea about um, when we're faced with uncertain situations, 
um, which this is feels uncertain for a lot of us um, in a lot of ways, wh- whether it's a health reason, whether it's economically in you know, our jobs or, or school or whatever we're facing, there's there's different reactions. Like you said, you know, there's a side of you that doesn't like, I'm not worried a bit about it. And there's the other side that says, man, I, I, I'm just really worried. And I think as a community, we need to be somewhere in the middle. Like you said, um, we need to be vigilant and we need to be aware. And as Jeremy said, we need to educate ourselves about this and we need to follow the recommendations that we're given so that we can combat this because, um, we have, those are the things we can control. And, and if we do those, then I think that we'll be better off as a community. I think some of it is psychological. Oh, hey, so-and-so's getting toilet paper, so I have to get it too now. I don't know why, but hey, everybody else is doing it. And so I think a lot of it is psychological. But it goes down, it goes back to being prepared, having, having your 72-hour kits, having your 30, 60-day supply What's frustrating is, is is we have seen people go out and they will buy hand sanitizer or toilet paper or whatever it may be, and it'll be for months or even years. And what that does is, is it creates problems for everybody else in the community, especially the elderly that that can't run out and get those items very quickly and have a have a have a different schedule than us. And so we need to be mindful of others. We need to relax. We need to already kind of be prepared. What a lot of people tell me is, hey, you know, when I go shopping, I'll usually buy an extra set of toilet paper or paper towels or something. Um, We need to have that in mind. We shouldn't wait until the disaster happens to begin our emergency preparedness. It's too late. And yeah, I think a part of that is the the false, maybe not, not false sense of security here, because it's not in the Tri-County area that we have not had a confirmed case yet. So there's that, it's not here yet. I'm going to go about living my life. I'm going to go about doing my normal, the social distancing. I don't need to worry about because it's not here yet. And I think that's where some of that. Yeah. Well, you know, the risks of it being here are, there are risks of it. Um, If that makes sense there, we have all the risks of having cases here and that, that doesn't end with it. And there's illness here. So regardless, following the social distancing is only going to make us better as a community. And I know you two, I mean, we're dealing with tri-county. There's three counties we're dealing with. There's a lot of variables in each county that factor into this. And you guys are doing a lot behind the scenes. Are you able to talk about like what each of your departments are doing behind the scenes as far as preparatory work? Like right now, what's going on that, you know, the public's not seeing that you guys are doing to try and stay ahead of this, to try and combat this? What's going on? Yeah. You guys are busy. Yeah. So when it comes to emergency management, I've only been doing this a few months. I, I did it when I first started a few years ago. So a lot of this stuff is, is for me, it's, it's learning again. Um, but a lot of what I do with emergency management is I coordinate and assist and support uh, to uh, the, the health department in this case. So where this is a public health infectious disease, uh, the local health department, the state department of health is taking the lead in this. And so I am merely uh, meeting daily, it seems like, with the health department, uh, with the state uh, health department, the Bureau of EMS, uh, a lot of different agencies on board with this, uh, emergency management with the state of Utah. And so right now I am merely acting as a support role in this. Um, and so that's kind of what I do day to day. 
and, and assist the health department? So um, on the health department side, um, so we actually have been preparing for this since I started working at the health department, if you want to think about it. So one of our one of our things at the health department is, is emergency preparedness, right? And we have what we call the infectious uh, disease plan. So we have a plan in place for things like this when they happen. So actually, um, we have been impl- implementing that um, since uh, uh, we started, you know, since January. Um, and we work with the state health department, with epidemiologists there. Um, so we coordinate with them. Um, as Jeremy said, we have a lot of meetings. Um, we're coordinating with a lot of county entities on both all three county um all three counties. Um, we're working with hospitals and clinics and labs and in the area to make sure that um, everybody has the information that they need um, to serve the public um, and uh, be prepared. So if and when we have a case that we're able to um, make sure that we can uh, serve the public even better because um, my job uh, is to make sure that we can uh, help those individuals who may have been exposed once we do get cases that we can monitor that and minimize the the contacts of that individual. So are there any different protocols? Say, let's just run a scenario here. We do get our first confirmed case in the Tri-County area. Are there different protocols that will be enacted or go into play once that officially happens? No, we'll be doing exactly the same things that we're doing now. Um, there might be, uh, people might end up get people will be getting phone calls from myself or other, other nurses from the health department. Um, uh, cause that's, that's what we do. We call and we make sure that people have, um, the treatment that they need and the testing and, and, but basically we'll be doing the same things that we we're already yeah. doing. So. I, I can see that. And, and what's nice is, is, is I'm included in these meetings with the other health departments and you watch and see what they're going through and, and go, okay, when that happens here, this is what we can do. So we can, we can uh, monitor those individuals. Okay. Who were you around? You know, try to track down, well, how did you get this? Uh, who have you been around so that we can help monitor, isolate those individuals, tell them to watch for symptoms, things like that. So other than that, that's really the only thing that's not going to change. Uh, again, uh, Uinta County, uh, the health department, the state of Utah has been very proactive in my mind and already setting the benchmarks high, uh, so that when it does happen, we're we're able to control it more, so to speak. Yeah, I've been um, extremely impressed. I've been in, working in public health for two years now. Before that, I worked in the public sector, and I've been extremely impressed with what a very uh, organized and uh, very capable public health department we have on both the state and a, and a uh, local level. Very organized and very capable. Um, and just trying to make sure the needs of the public are met. In fact, um, it's it's been said that you don't know if public health is doing their job until you hear about them. <laughs> and that's our main priority right now with the health department, with the state of Utah, with our local officials, is the safety and health of our citizens. That is our main goal right now. That's our top priority. And it always will be. And that's where our main focus and attention is at right now. So there's probably so many meetings that the public's not aware of that's going on behind the scenes that's just got our best interest involved. And so you work closely with EMS, fire, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's meetings mm-hmm. with them and they have their what 
are supposed to happen or what might potentially happen, what their roles yes. might be in that. Yes, and, and keeping the elected officials up to date on the status of everything. Uh, again, the health department, I have to give them credit, uh, Liberty with the public information officer with the health department, educating the public, getting that information out there. They have daily uh, uh, updates on their website, tricountyhealth.com, uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter accounts. Uh, all of these are ways that that we help educate the public. Again, they're our main top priority in this. So, it's just it's interesting that you know the social media can be such a an avenue for good education, and it can also be a, a means of false information. So it's very, I think, important that the public goes to, like you said, almost at the beginning of the podcast, is getting your information from credible, correct, up to date sources. Yes. So, like uh, Jeremy was just saying, we have. Um, Liberty works really, really hard behind the scenes to make sure that um, we get good information out from the health department. And um, we also, um, on our website, and then the state of Utah has a website. It's coronavirus.utah.gov. And they actually instituted this website um, because of this. And they have some really, really good information there. And it's I've watched it grow. Um, from just simple how to protect yourself as an individual and some links for providers to this really amazing website with uh, lots of different uh, links and information. So um, if anybody really wants to find good information, that's a really good place to go If the, other than the Tri-County website to look for our local stats um, and Liberty updates that every day. I mean, the information pouring in, Minutely, it's almost just ridiculous how much the information changes and how mm-hmm. how you guys must be dealing with that information. It, it's it changes like since we've been here, something has changed, and that's how fast and quick and fluid and and how quickly this is is turning over. And so, yeah, there's there's been times where I've gone down to the health department, and all four or five individuals down there, Cindy, Liberty, Rob, Jordan, uh, everybody is there's like four different meetings going on at the same time and they've had to split up and everybody like go to a meeting. That's, that's how crazy it is. Uh, same with us, you know, I've got my assistant in the office, Terry, that helps me coordinate and she'll have to go to a a meeting and I'll have to go to one just to try to keep up on all the information. So it's, it's a lot, but, uh, they're, they're doing a great job. Well, because the information's coming in globally and it's coming in from our government and it's coming, you know, it, there's so many different levels mm-hmm. and that's why we wanted to do this podcast was to try and keep it on our, on our level. What's happening, what's relevant in the basin, you know, yeah. it's maybe not here yet confirmed, but it's affecting us, our ec- economy and, and things yeah. like this. I mean, you know, our kids are at home and there's so many things at play right now that it could change. You know, they're saying two weeks for shutdown and you, you hear of other states now doing eight. They've just, the rest of school's done. So, I mean. Yes, and, and really, I mean, I have a friend that um, lives in uh, on the West Coast, and, and she said she's dealing with her daughter who's a senior that's not going to get be able to finish her senior year, and that's that's a hard thing. So I think we're really blessed to be where we're at. Um, and I if we really do follow through with these social um, distancing uh, guidelines, I think we can really – uh, have an opportunity to mitigate and slow down the spread of this disease and to really actually find the silver lining in it. If, if we're looking for it, there's going to be something good that's going to come out of it. Um, and if we have good attitudes, we'll find it. I think it's important that the people know that there, there is, there's help. 
there's a lot of different avenues that there is in the in the tri-county area and each county has different avenues and there's different resources for help you know like for one of them i know the school lunch programs in each county they're they're still offering school lunches and there's ways to get those lunches to the kids and to the families and i think it's important that people know about that kind of stuff and there's resources and we can we can talk about those resources another time but we the the main focus of this was to kind of address some of the the facts of of coronavirus in our in our basin it's not here yet it could be coming around the bend what do we do the importance of social distancing and and really doing our part as a community to stand up and and do our part yeah absolutely and so simple things wash your hands um keep six feet away uh you know make sure that uh, if you are sick stay home um i struggle with that you know i i like to work i like to get out and do things if i'm sick now is not the time to be doing that stay home and and help slow that spread so and watch out for our elderly neighbors and those who might have needs that um aren't aren't getting met right now so and i know there are some really um the basin comes together all the counties just come together and we i think that's one of the beautiful things about living here and uh, i've seen some social media groups that post hey so and so store got this delivery so and so store got this delivery hey you know let's I have extra of this who needs this. And I think that's a beautiful thing to see in the basin. And I think if we continue to get the proper information, if we continue to do the social distancing, but use social media as a platform to do good and help, I think we're going to see positive results like you said. Yes, absolutely. Any any last words that you guys want to so, talk about? So I did, uh, there is a new number that I'd like to give out. Uh, there, uh, the old number one eight hundred four five six seven seven zero seven. With the earthquake that just happened out in Salt Lake, that number is no longer working, and so the new number is one eight four 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 two five two two four. So again, one eight four 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 two five two two four. That if you know if you don't have the internet, if you don't have social media. That is a great number to call, and they will give you as much information as they can. I know that the poison control is helping to assist those as well as healthcare professionals that will help answer your questions, give you a sense of calmness, and be able to to answer your questions. So another great resource right there. What what maybe are some good websites that people can go to that you would recommend? Um, so the coronavirus.utah.gov is a really good one. Um, the CDC website is good and then of course tricountyhealth.com yeah and and again make sure you go to those you know knowledgeable and and you know that those are good websites because if you google search coronavirus you will find a lot of information out there so make sure you're getting that good information a couple of other things brandon that i wanted to just go over real quick that there's frequently asked questions on these websites and I know some of these, as I was going through them, I've kind of had people ask me about. For One sure. of them is, should I wear a face mask? Does wearing a face mask help prevent coronavirus? Oh, yes. This is one we've addressed lots. It doesn't really yeah. help you unless you're sick. Yes. So don't wear a face mask. And that's exactly what it says here. It says, for the general public, face masks are not recommended for protection from respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19. Face masks help prevent further spread of infection from those who are sick to others around them. So, I mean, you can put it on, 
mm-hmm. and think it might be helping you. But unless you're sick or your doctor recommends it, uh, it's not recommended to wear an, an N95 face mask right now. So if you have the flu, though, absolutely. The well, flu, don't the... wear an N95 if you're sick. Just wear a regular surgical mask. An N95 okay. is designed to help protect well people from germs. Okay. So you'll Surgical see. Mask. Yes. So yeah. that that's a misconception that a lot of people have a hard time. So N95, um, those are the kind of masks that you'll that are uh, for like first responders and um, hospital workers that are caring for people who are ill. Yeah. So that that was one thing that I that I saw. There was another one in here on pets. I've I've heard that one. I've, which, I've been asked that one myself. Again. Some of these pets are like children to these individuals. Yes. It says, can you get COVID-19 from animals? It says, there is no evidence that animals or pets, such as dogs, cats, can be infected with the new coronavirus and spread it to humans. However, it is always a good idea to wash your hands with soap and water after contact with pets. So it hasn't been proven right now, but it's still a good idea to make sure you wash your hands around your pets. This is all like super viable information so relevant yeah and and again all of these questions and answers are found on those websites uh so again we just encourage you to educate yourself visit these websites uh, call that number if you have questions and get informed jeremy thank you so much cindy anything else? not that i can think of i think we did a pretty like hit a lot of things if people have questions you know like you said call the the number um the coronavirus coronavirus hotline or um their your provider or check these uh websites and i mean we're we're learning things and and the goal obviously is to keep us and our basin as healthy as possible yeah and thank you brandon dale everybody that uh has helped put this together because this is a great uh, way to educate the the public and those here in the basin basin by doing this. So and, thank you. And if we need to do another one because things change and they're they're more than likely going to change, it'll we... probably be different tomorrow. Yeah, for, for real. <laughs> at least on my desk, there'll <laughs> be something will different, be different tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and, and doing this, and it's educating the basin myself. And um, you know, thank you for listening to the Channel V Six podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a five star review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at podcast at channelv6.com. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.